This week on the Mic Drop, we celebrate the Dallas Mavs Foundation and all that it has accomplished for underserved women, children, and families in North Texas. Foundation President Katie Edwards stops by to tell us what fuels the Mavericks' commitment to our community and to congratulate Reggie Bullock on winning the NBA's Kareem Abdul-Jabbar Social Justice Champion Award for his work on behalf of the LGBTQ community. Then we shift gears a bit and learn all about DreamHack, the three-day gaming lifestyle festival that rolls into town June 3rd through 5th. Sahin Zarabi of DreamHack breaks it all down for us and dispels some myths and stereotypes about gamers. So let's drop the mic and let's go. Welcome to the Mic Drop, everybody, the official podcast of the Dallas Sports Commission. Kevin Sullivan here, joined by Dallas Sports Commission Executive Director Monica Paul. Also with us, of course, is Next Level Marcus Carr. Thanks for listening. Thanks for following the Mic Drop. It's episode 65. Monica, somehow we had made it to episode 65 that authorities are still allowing us to do this. So, so that's good. We're going with for episode 65, Rangers, number 65, Zach Rex is our honoree this week. Left-handed hitting outfielder, called up last weekend. This is a guy with a really interesting backstory. I love these guys. Started at the U.S. Air Force Academy, left after a year, transferred to Kentucky, but didn't play baseball for his first two years there. Then he walked on, he ends up getting drafted by the Dodgers. Uh, this was back in 2017, last November the Rangers saw something in Zach Rex and acquired him for cash considerations. And now he is part of what it could be a very exciting group of young Rangers. We saw Josh Smith get called up and get three hits in his first game, tying a Rangers record. You've got Eli White, call him Spider-Man, robbing uh, Chi-Man Choi of the uh, Rays of a dramatic home run. Some are calling it one of the greatest catches in Rangers history. Of course, Jonah Heim uh, behind the plate. Things are looking up. I'm no good at math. Monica, but I think the Rangers went 17 and nine in May. And as we record on Monday morning, they are a 500 team. They have crawled back in impressive fashion, really getting it rolling uh, out of Globe Life Field. So very cool. So for episode 65, how about Rangers number 65, the newcomer, Zach Rex. Uh, also, Monica, there was a headline in the morning news the other day that the WNBA Dallas Wings are off to their best start since moving to Dallas in 2016. And the headline referred to Alicia Gray as being underrated. Now we can cut the morning news a break because they use that in the headline because Alicia Gray called herself underrated. But what, what do you think? Oh, Sully, uh, definitely. Uh, we'll give the Dallas Morning News, since they're a great friend of the pod as well, a uh, little break here. But no way uh, that Alicia Gray is underrated. She's a friend of the podcast, too. She had a great summer. Uh, she was a great summer guest last summer after winning an uh, Olympic gold medal in Tokyo in the women's three-on-three -three, uh, competition. Um, terrific player. Great, really great to, to see the Wings off to a great start, five and three. Um you know, we had coach on uh, some of the other other players as well. Um, I'd definitely love to get out and, and see them play. So, uh, and it goes hand in hand with us uh, going into a women's final four uh, in 2023. So, definitely no underrating of uh, Alicia Gray, Sully. 
Yeah, go Wings. We love Coach Vicki Johnson, and, and we need to get her back on the on the mic drop uh, soon. That's a great yeah. thing they've got going out there in, in Arlington. Uh, so, Monica, what else is uh, going on at the Dallas Sports Commission these days? Well, Sully, I mean, we had an exciting uh, weekend full of sports uh, over Memorial Day and, and the week leading up to it. Uh, hopefully, a lot of people made it out to the uh, Phillips 66 Big 12 Baseball Championships. Pretty exciting. I uh, have to say, I maybe wasn't as, uh, um, I don't know, I didn't think that maybe my horns would be making it to Championship Sunday, but they did. Uh, which it was great to get them there. So we'll now follow them in the NCAA um, season. Uh, Mex tour with Mexico play in Nigeria. And uh, late uh, after we recorded last week's session, we did announce a four-year extension of that agreement between the only agreement uh, at this point, I think, with the Mexican national team and Soccer United Marketing with uh, AT&T Stadium, Dallas Cowboys, uh, NFL franchise, as well as a um, FC Dallas MLS team and then Dallas Sports Commission uh, as well so at least we, we know we'll have Mexican national team here all the way through 2026 so hopefully that lines up with more announcements forthcoming on June 16th uh, regarding 2026. Uh, this week is big we've got DreamHack and Intel Extreme Masters uh, championship over at the K-Beta Hutchinson Convention Center so for those of you who may not know what that is, that's gaming, and we're going to learn a little bit, go in a little bit more in depth uh, later here on this episode. Um, we are also being named this week uh, as a finalist city, one of seven, I believe, uh, for another NCAA Women's Final Four bid for 2028 to 2031. So uh, uh, that means we're finalists for both the men's and women's championships for 2028 to 2031. So a lot of work to uh, continue to do there. And then I'd like to give a I guess big shout out to two of my team members, uh, Caroline Robinson and Morgan Woodruff, both having birthdays this week. So uh, I know it's uh, my staff's been working hard. So hopefully they had some time off uh, over these last uh, few weeks or over the week long weekend, at least to enjoy those birthdays. Yeah, happy birthday to Caroline and Morgan. That's uh, hopefully they do get a chance to celebrate because you guys just don't, you know, come up for air. It just seems like there's one event after another, what's the process when it gets on your radar that there's an opportunity to bid on some some uh, some event that 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 could be worthwhile from an economic impact standpoint? What what's the first thing that happens? Yes, yeah, Sully. So, uh, well, you you hit a, you have a hot topic here, and that uh, we we feel like we might be in bid fatigue right now, as many uh, bids as we have uh, just worked on, but. Basically, the process is uh, we, we have to do a full analysis of an RFP, figure out what type of venue, uh, what type of finances, uh, you know, the dates, uh, check availability with our venues first, see if they're even interested in participating before we go through uh, a lot more legwork of identifying what is that economic impact, what are the incremental tax dollars that the event may, you know, be bringing here. What do they what do they want? Do we have any incentives to, to pay for those? Do we have hotel rooms? Are there other things going on with the city during that time? So uh, a lot of a lot of boxes to check. And then we we've tried to go and put forth our our best opportunity to sell Dallas in the DFW area of why, you know, we are the premier sports destination and why they should be hosting their their championships here or uh, events. Um, sometimes it's a quick turnaround, like we have to provide stuff in a week. Sometimes we uh, and, you know, we may be working on something for five years. That's kind of a rare case, but usually it's uh, over, uh, I don't know, a month to 
eight months a year process usually uh, are most most bids. Well, continued best luck tracking them down and bringing them to uh, to Dallas. You've got a pretty strong batting average, so I know you'll that's, keep. That's keep my favorite water. part, Sully. I start to like. Uh, I don't know, start salivating when I see these opportunities in front of me. It, uh, you know, I used to, I used to compete on a court or, you know, on a field. Uh, and now that's, you know, not possible just for many reasons, age, you know, you can list them, but I still do have a competitive spirit. So at least in, in my role now, I, I still have some competition. I, in, in my other competitive competitor cities, uh, I realize it too, I think. Yeah, they don't like to see Dallas bidding on things because we do have a strong success rate. Well, good to, good to learn all that, Monica. Now, back in a moment, we're going to talk Mavericks Foundation with its leader, Katie Edwards. Uh, but first, over to Rachel with a word from one of our sponsors. Did you know the Dallas Zoo provides guests with real-life opportunities to make memorable connections with more than 2,000 animals? Please support the zoo's mission to inspire and empower action on behalf of the wildlife in Texas and around the world. Visit DallasZoo.com to purchase your tickets today. Thanks, Rachel. And now we're thrilled to have Katie Edwards join us here on the Mic Drop. She has been driving impact in Dallas-Fort Worth on the nonprofit scene for more than 20 years. She's been with the Mavericks since 2015. She's now the SVP of External Affairs and president of the Dynamo Mavericks Foundation. I added that adjective. This is a group that gets a ton accomplished on behalf of uh, people all across North Texas. She also leads all corporate social responsibility initiatives, including uh, community outreach and the foundation. So Katie, welcome to the mic drop. Great to have you on. Thank you so much for having me. I'm looking forward to our chat. Well, Katie, uh, congratulations uh, on the success of the Mavericks Foundation. I know you're making a positive difference of the lives of so many people here in North Texas. Really tell our listeners, how do you define the specific mission of the Dallas Mavericks Foundation? Sure. So the Mavs Foundation is building a stronger community by empowering women, children, and families in need. So that's everything from those basic needs of hunger and homelessness and housing, um, but also support of what our families and all of us need, right? So um, there's everything from domestic violence abuse um, to substance abuse, mental health, health and wellness, all of those things that are just critical for, for a, a successful life. And, and we're providing grants and special projects to help those kids and families here in our area. Well, we love to he hear that. We're, I think, well, we feel like we're known in Dallas uh, for the active participation and philanthropy uh, of so many, you know, big corporate brands. We also talk about, you know, our athletes who uh, are retire, end up staying here. But who are some of your partners in, in driving impact here locally? Yeah, so for us, it's all about the coming together with everyone in our Mavericks family. So it means our coaches, our players, our leadership, our owner, and our CEO, um, but also all of our fans and all of our corporate partners and sponsors who come together to support this work. Um, we believe we're all in this together, so we can do really great things when we come together and work together on different issues. And you just had a very successful, uh, which is an annual event, uh, Mavs Ball in March. I think you raised a record $1.7 million. If, uh, if our research is correct, that's, that's incredible. Uh, I it's think a crazy. lot of foundations yeah, strive to, to hit those types of numbers. 
how does, well, one, how does that happen? But then also how does that money then get to distributed out? Yeah, so um, every year we host Mavs Ball and it's a wonderful celebration of the impact that we make here in our community with all of our players and all of our friends of the Mavs Foundation who get to come together to raise those dollars. And then the Mavs Foundation is an independent 501c3. So while we are part of the Mavericks family, um, we do have our own board of directors and that board of directors comes together annually to decide where our grants will go for the year. So we grant out to different nonprofit 501 C3s. Um, and the last year we were thrilled to be able to grant a, a $1 million out to those different nonprofits. Uh, but we'd also build basketball courts uh, across North Texas, as well as reading and learning centers and tech centers for all of those wonderful community organizations to make sure that they have the tools and resources that they need. Aside from your work with the foundation, I know you also lead uh, the community outreach and the things uh, the players do in the community. Now we have, you know, big news that Reggie Bullock uh, is a recipient of the Kareem Abdul-Jabbar Social Justice Champion Award for yeah. 2022. So congratulations to, to Reggie. This is on behalf of his efforts in the LGBTQ community. Uh, so sincere congratulations to, to Reggie. But talk about that, like the impact that Reggie had, but also the other players that are most passionate about, about getting out in the community and, and having a hands-on impact. Uh, you know, the way Reggie did. Yeah, absolutely. We're so proud of Reggie and so proud of him for, for speaking out and stepping up to the plate when it comes to LBGTQ and the trans community. So um, you're absolutely right. Um, of course, our players coming together to give back um, is honestly who we are as an organization. It's part of our DNA. It's, it's, um, it's really in our blood to, to create a culture of taking care of each other. So um, you know, we're, we're thrilled that our players join us in that. And it's something that we hope that we can support them for all the issues that they're passionate about. And for Reggie, um, you know, we are help, we're helping him with the work that he does, but it, it really crosses over all of our guys and, and the work that they want to do to give back. So um, lots of different programs for education. Um, you know, Jalen Brunton, for example, is, is specifically interested in communities and kids with special needs. So, um, and of course, Luca, who is has built basketball courts in his hometown in Slovenia. So really, I feel like our, our impact is, is global at this point <laughs> with all of our international guys. So, um, but we also just want to make sure that we give back to the place we call home and in our own backyard. So um, we're just thrilled to be able to continue all of these different programs and, and just grow and grow and grow um, throughout the years. I remember from an earlier episode of the Mic Drop, we talked about Luca and, and Boban with it was a comic book or a coloring book or something about their relationship and they were bringing it to, to Children's Hospital and yeah and uh, uh, so yeah it's great to see the, the players that 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 give back uh, and I know I know the Mavericks do it in a, in, a, in a big way and in an enthusiastic way that has that has impact I, I had the good fortune Katie of, of being on the scene in 1997 when the Mavs Foundation was was created uh, you know, it was really Ross Perot Jr. at the time hired Beverly Williams uh, to, to kind of start it. She had a background in philanthropy at DFW. She was great. Suzanne Harrison uh, and others uh, played a part in those early days. You've taken it to such incredible heights. Uh, the thought of raising almost $2 million in one night is just extraordinary, as you did in March. But what's on your wish list? Like, where would you like to take uh, the, the Mavs Foundation as much as you've accomplished, what, what's next? I think for us, 
Um, I think it goes beyond just uh, our sports team. So we always say that we're bigger than basketball. So for me, I we are absolutely entrenched in the Mavs family and we love our fans and we love our partners and the people who are with us uh, at the Dallas Mavericks. Um, but I also think that that we really have a goal of of setting a model for other companies here in our area beyond sports. So, you know, the, the corporate philanthropy and how we can be involved in, in the community and, and what we can do to build our areas is such important work for all of us, all companies in, in our area. So we want, I want to go beyond, you know, the, the, the Mavs fan and, and, and the people who are within our family and we'd love to engage everyone in our community. Why should they care? You know, we're a professional sports team, right? But, but why should someone else care about what a good company should be doing in their own communities, right? We should be giving back and we should be creating an impact with those who need our help here in our area. So I hope that we can engage more people outside of sports in, in this work and, and bring people along to create some really good change here in our area. We, we hear from college uh, athletic administrators that when you know, the football and basketball teams do well. Donations to the university pick up. Do you see, this was a great year, 52 wins, you know, advancing to the conference finals. Do you see energy and excitement and donations around the foundation pick up when the team plays? Hey, I, I am not mad at our success on the court at all. So uh, I will say absolutely. I think that when the excitement in your team grows, of course, you know, we are, we love that the excitement in the team in general grows. And I think more people want to be part of that story. More people, you know, want that sense of belonging to something that, that has been just so exciting this season. So um, of course it, it, it absolutely contributes to our success. And um, you know, I think, even in down years, however, we found that people still give. So, you know, I've been really proud of our community and our fans and, and, and everyone here in DFW for continuing to give back. Um, we've, I've, I've been at the Mavericks for about eight years and there's, there's been an up and down during that process. So, um, but I see that, that the fundraising continues to grow. And I think part of it is a recognition of, of the needs here in our area. We've been through a really hard time. This has been an amazing year for the Mavericks, but it's also been a really challenging time for all of us and for our communities that need us so, so critically. So, you know, with, with COVID and the vaccine and, and support that we were able to give our healthcare workers, um, but also with social justice and, and all of the different issues that we have um, and really now going into even more issues and challenges with our economy and with everything that we have going on. So um, I also think that people want to find a way to connect, especially during this pandemic, and they want to find a way to, to feel like they that they can do something that's meaningful and, and a way to, to help each other. And, and so um, I think it's also been that growth is, is partly because people are, are inherently wanting to, to give back and wanting to help face so many different issues that are out there. So I, I'm really proud that, that of all of our fans and all of the people that are coming with us and joining us to, to help face some of these issues. Also, uh, Monica and Marcus and I huddled before the program today, and we know that Mavericks are going to be in, in luxury cap uh, the zone next year. And we really hope, you know, we can, we can keep Brunson. So we, we, we'd like to offer a, a mic drop bake sale where we could raise some money hey. to contribute. So tell, <laughs> tell, uh, tell Mark and Sent that we're here for you if, you, if, 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 uh, if that would help. Yeah. Uh, we'll take all the help we can get. So yeah. yes. Uh, but say a word about Sent before I hand it back to, to Monica. 
she's you know, I've met her in public settings. We've had her on the mic drop and the energy level is just incredible. Is she really, is she like that all the time in the office? And what's it like to, to work alongside a, a, a great leader like, like Sin? Y'all, she is like that all the time. I do not know how she gets the energy that she has. I cannot keep up with her. I promise you. I don't think anyone can. So the level of energy that she has and excitement for our work um, is just through the roof. And I think we're all trying to just keep up with her and, and follow her leadership and her vision for where we can go. And I think when you put Mark and Scent together, Holy cow. I mean, I think you can see what happens and it is absolutely incredible. So I think the leadership that we have from, from Mark and from Scent and, and, you know, Scent especially has just transformed um, our culture and, and everything about our, our organization, but also taken our community impact to really the next level. I mean, we have grown substantially um, the amount that we're investing back into the community and, and um, the priority that we're making it. So, um, and that comes from the top, that comes from our leadership to say, this is important. This is who we are. Um, and we will do this and we're going to do it in a big way. So we really do want to set the tone um, for, for other companies and, and other sports teams as far as how you can give back and, and, and do it in a really, really big way. Well, Sally, I think Katie just took my, my intro of really thanking uh, Sint and Mark for their leadership and leading by example as you know, the success of that foundation and ensuring that, you know, the team, the players, the fans, uh, your partners and everybody are, are giving back. But before I get back to Katie, Sully, I do need to talk to you about this bake sale uh, thing. You have no clue that I may burn down the house and the kitchen and everything if you're telling me that to, that I have to bake things. Uh, for uh -oh. bake sale. I think it's an overall great uh -oh. idea. I, I know where you're trying to get to, but maybe we're going to need to think about a different. Uh, okay, okay scenario okay it's gonna be a luxury tax situation we got to do something monica okay but may make car wash something right, like that wash. because right. because car i'm wash. not sure bake sale <laughs> is gonna is gonna work for me here <laughs> but i i love where your heart is uh silly i really do appreciate that so katie you do these amazing things uh with the foundation and uh, i try to always give some nuggets to those that may want to be in your shoes or my shoes or Marcus's shoes or Sully's shoes one day uh, as they're, you know, progressing through college, they think they want to work in sports. Uh, they probably don't have a clue in terms of that means, you know, a lot of weekends, holidays, nights, and long hours. Uh, although most of us uh, tend to enjoy those types of things because of our roles. Give our listeners kind of an idea of your journey, um, you know, and how you got to where you're at now. Sure. So for me, I took a very different path, I think, than many people who are in sports. So I, I'm not a sports person. So I, my background is nonprofit. So my heart has always been in community work. And I've, I've been here in the nonprofit world for 20 plus years. Um, I you know, spent 14 of those at a place called the Center for Nonprofit Management, um, really helping build capacity of nonprofits here in our area. And I think um, our leadership, when they brought me on, was really looking to grow our community impact, and they really wanted someone who had that experience um, in the nonprofit sector. So um, for me, and I will say, I'm always looking for that balanced background of, you know, if you're into community relations at a sports team, I want to see experience on both sides of that coin, right? So I want to see, you know, your passion for 
um, for community and, and whether that's volunteering or working at a nonprofit, um, as long as it, you also have that passion for sports and potentially, because it's a very different world. And I think it was an adjustment for me, moving over from the nonprofit world to sports. Um, the pace is very different. Um, we move a lot quicker. We get things done with days notice. And for those of us from the nonprofit world, we know that's not how it works in the nonprofit world. And you do things by committee and it takes a really long time. So just making that adjustment to transition was a big one for me. But, um, but it's also, I think building your leadership skills is always important. Also, whether it's, you know, working with teams, working with other people, and networking and making those connections. So I always tell everyone it's, it's, it, it is still a world of, you know, who, who can help you along your journey, finding a mentor, finding someone who can help, um, you know, build your connections and your experience. Um, so all of those things are so critically important. And, um, you know, when I came on at the Mavericks, it was me and one other person, and we've dramatically grown since that time. So, um, you know, really helping to build those different teams and bring on different people. Um, we're now a, a group of 10, so um, a really strong community department um, compared to other sports teams um, or NBA especially. But um, long story short, to me, I followed my passion of, of helping those in need, and I knew I wanted to move on to, to a corporation. I knew I wanted to do corporate philanthropy, and honestly, the Mavericks was, was like, this is interesting. <laughs> I, I should try. I'm not going to get this, but I'll try it and just see. And, and I was just pleasantly surprised that my connections and, and, and that my experience was something that was valued by the team. And, and, and I came on board. So um, I, I always tell everyone, just work really hard and be the best one wherever you are. And that will get recognized and your name will get shared. And and you'll, the connections you have will move you along that chain. So whether, whatever field you're in, I always say, you know, really put in the time and, and be that shining star for someone to say, oh yeah, I know, I know Katie, she's great. You really, you know, she would be awesome for you. So you want to be that person that, that people think of and that they recommend. And, um, cause I honestly, sports, everybody, it, it's the job that, that people want to be in because it's amazing and it's fun and it is amazing and fun. So I have to say, you know, I, I find myself extraordinarily lucky to be able to do this work, um, to be able to do what I love and be able to give back, but, but with an amazing family um, that is the Mavericks organization. And, and I get to root on my, my Mavericks players and, and hopefully we'll, you know, continue to do onto great things as we move forward. I don't know if I could have said that any better than what you did, and I may actually have to have you come over, speak to one of my classes, or uh, actually my staff at, to, to a certain degree, um, but yeah, I think being the best at, uh, at, your, at everything that you do is incredibly important, and I have to thank you for what you do there for the Dallas Maps uh, Foundation, um, great partners for our, for our community uh, at the Sports Commission. We're looking to uh, we're about we are in the midst of that transition to uh, create a foundation as well. So you may be getting a, a few phone calls uh, as we uh, progress through some of this of so, uh, not wanting to, you know, make the wrong step or give us some give us some feedback. So Katie, I may be in contact. Always happy to help you, Monica, for sure. Uh, give me a call. Awesome. Well, thank you for joining us, and uh, we'll definitely keep tabs on you, and I'm sure have you back on a mic drop in the future. Thank you for having me. I, I really enjoyed talking with you guys and, and uh, we're looking forward to a great off season and into next year.
There we go. Go maps. And now over to Rachel with a word from one of our sponsors. Dallas is known for its big wins when it comes to sporting events, whether it be Final Fours, Winter Classics, Pro Drafts, or even international soccer matches. Dallas sets the standard. And now it's time for our biggest win yet. We want the 2026 World Cup. The Dallas Sports Commission is working hard to bring the World Cup back to our great city, and we need your help. Head over to DallasWorldCup2026.com to sign the pledge to bring it back. Be sure to follow us on all social media at World Cup Dallas to stay up to date on all things 2026 World Cup. Thanks, Rachel. And now we're happy to welcome to the mic drop Sahin Zarabi. He's the VP of Growth and Strategy at DreamHack. That's the three-day gaming lifestyle festival coming to the K. Bailey Hutchison Convention Center June 3rd through 5th. Sahin, welcome to the mic drop. Thank you. Thank you. Nice to meet you, Kevin. Nice to meet you, Monica. Now, t- tell us about, tell our listeners about what DreamHack is, for those who don't know. I mean, would you, is it the Comic-Con of gaming? Is it the Super Bowl of gaming? Is it the, is it the uh, what, what, how would you define it? You know, DreamHack started uh, 27 years ago now. And for us, it's so much more than just a convention or just a mm-hmm. conference. It's, it's really about the gaming lifestyle and the gaming community. We usually say it's where the gaming community comes to life. And it's basically a celebration of everything gaming, whether you like to play casual games, uh, whether you like to play on your computer, your phone, your console, or you want to compete against the best in the world, we have everything for you. Uh, and so, you know, it goes beyond uh, what I would say uh, a normal convention. Uh, it's more of a place to connect, to explore, and to, to be yourself, really. And what, what is the experience like once you're inside the the KBH Convention Center? So we try to create uh, an immersive experience where you can get away from the from the real world for a couple of days, right? So when you step in, you'll see your favorite gaming creators, your favorite uh, pro players in gaming, your, your favorite games, and you can go around, try stuff out. You can see people who are the best at what they do uh, play games. You can try out new hardware, new software, uh, new gaming peripherals. So really, it's it's a it's a getaway uh, from from the real world into the digital world, but in a physical space. If that makes sense, that's what we always try to to make it out as. I know you 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 do these events all around the world. This one coming up in Dallas, starting on June third, was in Austin previously, but is now in Dallas. But this is the only one, if I'm not mistaken, in the U.S. So why why Dallas? So we do have two events in the U.S., Dallas and Atlanta this year, but, but okay. Dallas really and, and Texas was the first state we came to when we expanded to the U.S. is really about um, the gaming community that exists here. Uh, I don't think a lot of people kind of think about uh, gaming when they think about Texas, but there's a lot of esports teams here. There's a lot of gaming content creators here. There's really a big community here. And so when we look to expand into the U.S. in 2016, Austin was the first city we came to. Uh, And then, you know, when we grew, Austin couldn't hold us anymore. So we had to come to Dallas and Dallas welcomed welcomed us and and gave us love. And we're just trying to give that love back. Uh, Obviously, the the pandemic uh, kind of killed our momentum a little bit, but we're super happy to be back this year. Well, we're definitely uh, excited to be hosting you here here in Dallas at the convention center. Um, I, I'm not sure if uh, some of our listeners uh, understand the how big this is, how for how big DreamHack is, how many attendees you'll be 
uh, welcoming here into Dallas from all over the world uh, and you know throughout the United States. Give us an idea of, of that magnitude. Yeah, so I mean, just in general, video gaming as an industry is bigger than both music and, and movies combined today, right? Gaming is just a worldwide phenomenon and it's, it's not going to stop growing because in the past, you know, you grew out of gaming, but now it's so accepted, everyone is doing it. And so people will just keep gaming until they're, they're older and older, right? And for DreamHack specifically, we've obviously, um, you know, tried to ride that wave. Uh, DreamHack has grown every time we've come back to the U.S. Uh, and for, for DreamHack Dallas in specific, I mean, we're looking at a total attendance of about 40,000. Uh, so, you know, it's, it's, it's a huge event. And it's really special this time around because we're co-hosting what is called Intel Extreme Masters. It's one of the largest esports tournaments in the world that will be happening inside of DreamHack. So this is actually a unique event in that way where uh, no one has ever seen anything like it. Well, definitely from my role at the Sports Commission, we want to see that, con that continue to grow. And, you know, hopefully we're able to have both of those events continue on throughout Dallas and, and, and really create an entire weekend, a festival uh, to pe where people know that from a gaming standpoint, you got to come to Dallas. You have to be in Dallas this weekend for, for DreamHack. But you recently announced an all-women's Counter-Strike competition, I think, for this year's event. What has been the response to that? Uh, why is it it's so important from, from your perspective to draw attention to those initiatives uh, like that in the gaming community? I think just as in any other sport, really, or any other industry, really, um, you know, you need to, to show the diversity and representation of all, all, all people uh, and to, to attract people into to the phenomenon, to esports, to gaming. Uh, for us, you know, video gaming is a very uh, male-dominated industry, both in terms of who plays, who watches, who works in it. And so we just want to create role models for everyone who's starting gaming or considering starting gaming, watching or playing uh, to see that, hey, they have a place here as well. And, you know, for us, it's, it's all about coming to, to be yourself. And you shouldn't feel like, oh, just because I'm a woman or because I'm this or that, I can come to DreamHack because there's only uh, a bunch of guys there. Uh, and so that's why it's so important for us. And you know, we really hope to, to bring it back to each event we do, really. So I know there are some other ancillary events that, that take place uh, at DreamHack. Um, there's a concert. What other, what other elements are there for attendees? So, I mean, the esports e portion, the competitive gaming is really the core of it all. Then we have uh, a lot of different components, kind of, uh, you know, everything related to gaming, really. We have uh, a big LAN area where people are bringing their own computer rigs, sitting there for three days, playing with their friends, uh, meeting new friends. We have music, as you mentioned, we have a huge main stage where uh, music artists and bands are coming to play. We have tabletop gaming, which is actually, you know, the non-digital version of gaming where people are going to compete in different types of board games. We have also, I think, one of the most interesting components in the expo. So a lot of big gaming and kind of tech-related companies are coming to show their latest stuff. Uh, games, uh, software, hardware, uh, and everyone who's visiting can, can try that out. Well, this is, Sahin, this is really exciting. I've, I've learned a lot listening to you. Is it really? I noticed on the website at, at uh, dreamhack.com, there was a reference to 
24 hours. Does this really go nonstop? Yeah, so especially for those people who bring their own computers and sit in our LAN area, that's a nonstop experience where obviously we try to, you know, we, we promote a, a healthy participation. So you need to go to sleep, you need to eat well, but really, you know, gamers, they really like to play into the late night hours. So we always try to allow them to, you know, uh, stay up as, as long as they want and, and really play games for 24 hours a day if they want to. What about you? Are you are you a, a gamer? What do you play? Definitely. I mean, I, I play uh, a Rocket League a lot. It's a, it's basically a, a version of soccer, but with, with cars. Uh, and we do actually have a competition in that hosted at the event as well, the Collegiate Rocket League tournament with, uh, um, with college teams from all over the world, really. Uh, and so, you know, that's my favorite game at the moment. But, you know, it varies from time to time. But talk just for a minute before we let you go about the passion. The, the thing that's cool about this is, is this community really loves being together and they're so passionate about it. Who, who, tell us, what's the profile of the, of, of the attendee that you expect to have in Dallas uh, uh, June 3rd through 5th at the, at the convention center? You know, if, if, if you would have asked me this, I think 10 years ago, uh, it would be way different than what it is today. Uh, obviously, as I mentioned earlier, still very male dominated, but nowadays it's across all age groups, right? We have, it's, it, you know, we have uh, an emphasis on kind of like 20 to 30 year olds, uh, but really they, they come from all types of, you know, jobs, uh, students from all type, you know, lines of, uh, of education. Uh, and so, it's harder actually for us for each year to create a persona of who we want to bring to the event. Uh, but what they all have in common is that, as you say, they're very passionate about gaming and gaming is a core piece of their life. And usually that's because they meet a lot of people or they you know, meet their friends or play with their friends. And this is a way for them to kind of bring, bring that into life because even if you play a lot, you know, you'll never see those people face to face. And so being able to to meet people actually physically at a dream hack, that's what brings them together. And that what, that's what brings them to the event. So, you know, I wouldn't say there's a, a stereotype gamer anymore. You know, 10, 15, 20 years ago, it was, with, it was a sweaty nerd in the basement, right? Playing games all night long. But now you see families, you see kids, you see, uh, you know, uh, a 70 year old. We, we actually had in our Swedish event, a Counter-Strike team made up of 75 to 80 years old competing in, in a tournament. So, you know, wow. you, you can see anyone at a DreamHack event, really. Yeah, it's, there's a, the misconception that this is not a social uh, endeavor is, is definitely definitely wrong. I've, I've heard that from, from a number of gamers. Well, Sahin, thank you so much for joining us on the mic drop. Appreciate your time. Wish you all the best at, uh, at DreamHack June 3rd through 5th at the K. Bailey Hutchison Convention Center, go to dreamhack.com. Tickets are very reasonably priced, by the way. So come on down and, uh, and, and, and have a great, uh, great experience. Yeah, thank you for having me and, and hope to, to see you all at the event. Thank you. All right. Thanks to Sahin and, and all of our guests uh, this week on the mic drop. Katie Edwards with the Mavericks Foundation. I think Monica and I learned a lot this week hearing from both Katie and, and Sahin, a, a, a Episode 65 in the books, another good one. Thanks on behalf of Monica and the Dallas Sports Commission. Thanks to our guests. Thanks to the Mike Drop production team, Danielle Pescura, Marcus Reeves, Marcus Reeves, Marcus Carr and Reeves Eddins. 
of Tony Faye PR. Thanks to Ren over at Vocal Media, our showrunner, Tony Faye. Until next time, thanks for listening, everybody. <laughs>